1: Police responded to a 911 call. Dramatic video of gun insanity in the Bronx. Police
0: releasing a new video of a person that they are still trying to track down.
1: Defund the police is not the answer. Many
0: people surveyed said they just don't feel safe in the city. It's a
1: shooting outside of a store.
0: This is Bo Deedles. True Crime. Police this morning are searching for the person
1: who turned this Harlem platform to a crime scene.
0: A Red Apple Media Podcast Network production. Now. Here's Bo Deedle.
1: Welcome to Bo Deedle's True Crime Story. What the real crime is with the direction of this country. Now, basically, I sat at a breakfast a couple of weeks ago with uh, John Katz and Matitas and a lot of business guys and everybody. And then I heard my friend, a guy I know for a lot, a lot, a lot of years. When nobody wanted to uh, be at his SALT conference, I signed on board uh, as one of the guest speakers down there. But I tell you the truth. I think that this next guest is one of the smartest guys I have ever met. I've never seen a guy at the Salt conference that could sit down with presidents, prime ministers, anybody. No cheat notes, no teleprompter, no, uh, no little cards. He happens to be one of the smartest guys in the world. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's a little wrong. And uh, all I know is Anthony Scaramucci, you're one of the smartest guys I ever met. Sorry that you had to go into the cage with Sid today, but uh, you know what? It was good radio, and everyone believes in what they believe in. And I got one thing, because we're going to talk about the economy and where the United States is going right now. And all I got to say is Sid Rosenberg chopped up a little bit, a little bit there. And the thing is this. Donald Trump lost $7.5 trillion. Biden already $7.5 half trillion. That's fifteen trillion dollars already. Both of them are two idiots, and we shouldn't have any of them running for president. Welcome on my show, there, Anthony. Glad to have you on board.
0: Well, what I said to Sid is one has dementia, the other one's demented. But but I listen, Sid can. Agree, it's his show. He's allowed to talk any way he wants. But it, you know, let, if we stick to the facts and we focus less on the people and the tribalism, Bo, I think we can get the Great answers for the country, you know.
1: So, Anthony, yeah. after that breakfast, I was enlightened of what you told me, and I think it all started uh, back in 1947 when you took a hundred dollar bill. Everything was backed by gold, and there was something check and balance. I think you said about as far as what any money spent, they're going to show how they're going to fund it until they went berserk. And I think it was Nixon you mentioned about. It. Why don't you start from 47 real quick and bring it up, oh, please? Well, yeah,
0: let me let me let me let me explain it, and again, what I love about you is that you're not left or right, you're about what's right or wrong. And I think if we get more people to focus on what are the right or wrong policies for the country as opposed to left or right, we're going to do a lot better. And I think they have to understand the historical context. So, so right at the end of the Second World War, we were trying to figure out how we were going to set up trade agreements with the rest of the world. Now, the good news for the United States, we were the last standing industrial power. Most of Asia was devastated by the war all of Western Europe, obviously the Soviet Union as well. And so just give these stats for people. We had 2.5% of the world's population, 65% of the world's GDP. Wow. So today we're, we're about 6% of the population with 23.5% of the GDP. So our population has grown, our GDP has grown, but the rest of the world has frankly grown as well, which is arguably good news because we want more global prosperity uh, more interdependence economically, which leads to less war. So so in nineteen forty four at Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, at the Washington Hotel, we set up a treaty with about fourteen different trading nations, and the United States made a decision to set the dollar to thirty five dollars per one ounce of gold. Now, Bo, you and I were direct beneficiaries of this because we we worked at we grew up in blue collar families. So from nineteen 44 to 1971, that 27-year period of time, if my dad or your dad got paid in dollars, the dollar was pretty sturdy. It was a touch inflationary, but not too bad because it was always tied to gold. Well, in 1971, Richard Nixon dealing with the deficit spending related to the Vietnam War and the Medicaid and the social programs, he made a decision in August of 1971 to take the United States off the gold standard, and so we well, what reason? What in.
1: reasons, Anthony? What reason did he get to do that? Well, the
0: the main reason was the Bank of France was buying a ton of U.S. dollars, and they were uh, going to hijack our government. They basically were telling the Federal Reserve, "Okay, it's thirty five dollars per ounce of gold. We're buying up these dollars. We'd like all the gold at Fort Knox." <laughs> and so they met over an August weekend. And Nixon's economic advisor said, listen, we can't afford the debt. Uh, the tax revenues that are coming in right now are underneath the amount of money that we're spending. The only way we can accomplish this deficit spending is by monetizing the debt. And so what does that mean, Bo? We're going to pay back the debt with dollars that are worth less than the ones that we borrowed. But you know, that's what inflation ultimately is. And so in 1971, they took the u s dollar off the gold standard, so I just want to be dramatic here for a moment. We went from thirty five dollars an ounce in nineteen seventy one to two thousand two hundred dollars an ounce fifty two short years later, because you have to think about what we did to the u s dollar we We cheapened that currency massively over that period of time, and again, to just give your listeners a perspective to nineteen seventy one dollars have the purchasing power of a $100 bill today. So, so, and, and we did that so that we could pay back these deficits. And so the problem with that, though, it set off a very negative cycle for lower income and middle class people, Bo, because again, like my dad, who was an hourly worker, he got paid in dollars. Those dollars were in his pocket. But if you have a lot of inflation, the purchasing power of those dollars go down. And so you know when i was on the trump campaign back in 2016 i showed then candidate trump uh the working wages that my dad had in the 70s what they looked like in 2016 he was actually down in real economic terms in terms of purchasing power he was down by about 26 percent Wow. so this yep. has wreaked havoc in the country this is the reason why we have a very large group of people in the country that no longer feel economically aspirational. Now, now,
1: now Anthony, and not to cut you off, but you mentioned something about New Hampshire. There was something where if you, if you borrowed money, you'd have to justify where the money's going to come to pay yes. for it. Please yes. talk about yes. that. That was very yes. interesting. So,
0: right. So, so what ended up happening is the deficits got out of control. Uh, Reagan spent a lot of money to try to defeat the Soviet Union. He did that successfully. And then in 1990, George Herbert Walker Bush the first George Bush got together with Dick Dorman, his budget director, and they put legislation forward at the House and Senate. And it was basically known as pay as you go. So if one of your interested uh, podcast listeners Googles Pay As You Go legislation, they'll see it's a very simple idea. Uh what the president said was if we need to raise social spending, that's fine, but then we have to raise taxes. If we want to uh cut taxes, Well, that's fine, too. But then we have to find something in the budget to cut. And it put guardrails up on the uh, on the U.S. Congress and everybody adhered to it. It was bipartisanly committed to and signed. Uh, The problem for President Bush, unfortunately, is we went into the Gulf War. uh, Lots of deficits uh, were needed to fund that war. Uh, He wanted social spending, more social spending for the the people because we went into a recession bow. And so he went and raised taxes. And you and I are old enough to remember when Bush gave the speech 35 years ago, read my lips, no new taxes. And so that hurt his his campaign. He lost the election in 1992, but he set the trajectory for the country uh, to adhere to pay as you go. Clinton, of course, there was a big debate whether or not he was going to adhere to it. He decided to adhere to it. And Bo, by doing that, We were running a budget surplus in the year 2000. The United States printed a $239 billion budget surplus. We were expecting to have a half a trillion dollars, $500 billion worth of surplus from the year 2000 to 2010. The Office of Management and Budget, a nonpartisan group inside the Congress,
1: now we're now we're only we're only talking about you got two thousand, then you got the right. uh, the attack on the world. I want to bring this in perspective right. to people. Yes. So when we got attacked with the World Trade Center by these scumbags, all of a sudden right. at that point we had a surplus. And you're talking about then I want to bring that surplus, what it was as far as the debt to we are now, because this is so interesting to me when you speak about this. Uh,
0: Good. Yeah, yeah. So, so I want to explain this. So, we were running a two hundred billion dollar surplus, first one that we had since nineteen sixty nine. But the trajectory was good. Uh, the attack on the World Trade Center uh, was part of it. But remember the the Bush campaign, uh, Bush two in two thousand, Bush versus Gore. The big debate between those two was what to do with the surplus. And mm-hmm. you may remember one of those debates. Al Gore wanted to spend it on infrastructure. And the environment, George Bush wanted to give it back to the American people in the form of a tax cut. He eventually won a highly contested election, and he gave the money back in a tax cut. So he, t- he cut taxes in March of 2001. Mm-hmm. Actually fine, because we would probably would have been okay, still ran a slight surplus, but 9-11 happened. And, <laughs> Bo 9-11 was absolutely devastating to us from a fiscal point of view. In addition to the terror cause and the human life that was lost, uh, the Bush administration made a decision to go to war. It was the first time in U.S. history that we did this. We went to war without a tax increase.
1: Now, what was exactly. our debt? What was our debt in 2001 on 9/11? What was the country's yeah, debt? About,
0: yeah, okay, right. approximate. It's about it was about it was about 5.2 trillion. That's it. That's it. So and that's in
1: 2001. 20, we're talking 20, about in 22, uh, 22 years, you're going to keep going. But I want people to understand, after 9-11, $5 trillion is all this country owed. And we're going to just keep keep rolling those dice right up. Okay, keep going,
0: Anthony. Right, yeah. So this is important. So just put everybody in perspective. George Washington to George W. Bush, we spent $7 trillion from Barack Obama into Donald Trump out to Joe Biden we spent 25 trillion dollars both so we're sitting here now with a 32 trillion dollar deficit it did not have to happen it did not have to you know be that way frankly and so unfortunately for us we're in this dilemma now because we have deficit spending We're not taxing ourselves enough to afford the things that we want. Mm. So what is the government doing? It's printing money, Bo. And, and,
1: so and giving it away uh, and giving it away. I.e. what's going on in New York city. When we're going to have a $14 billion debt here in the next two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and the mm-hmm. state's going to be under 40. This is just New York state. It's going to be approximately 45 to 46 billion dollars of debt, in New York state, and New York city. I mean, we're the way that we're going in New York city is across the country is the way everybody. And that national debt is just going to keep oh, increasing. Yes. I heard, it's a trillion dollars in interest before we even spend a dime. Is that factual?
0: Yeah, that's that's coming. So let me explain that. So because 38% of the debt, 38% of that 30-plus trillion dollars is rolling off in the next two years. So right now that debt could be at 2.5%, Bo. That that's where the interest rates were two, three, four years ago. Wow. But as it rolls off, think of your home mortgage. <laughs> Maybe you have a two and a half, three 3% mortgage. Uh, but let's say you had a refinance right now, you're going to be re- refinancing at an 8% mortgage. And so that additional 5% is interest charges that the federal government's going to have to spend to pay the borrowers uh, for the money that was lent to them. And so when you do the math now, by the middle to late 2024, we'll be spending $1 trillion U.S. dollars on interest. And so that's larger than the defense budget to give you an example. And if we stay on this track, unfortunately, we'll have to continue to weaken the dollar. You know, remember, we could print the money to pay it back, right? This government could print $32 trillion right now and pay it back, and then we don't have a debt, but it has a disastrous inflationary effect on living standards here in the United States. And of course, it would weaken the trust that the rest of the world has in our fiscal situation, or at least further weaken it.
1: I, I think so, I think so everybody the, listening also can understand when you go to the grocery store, what you're paying when you go to the gas pump, when you're paying for your electricity, when you're paying for your every aspect is now going in free fall up and you're just paying more and more and more. So the value of the dollar is completely being eradicated here, eradicated from this debt that we have on us. Now, they, they, let's just Keep going up to where we are now, because right now I'm going to tell people, listen, it ain't Donald Trump. It ain't Biden. It's both of them. Both of them are responsible for 15 15- Trillion dollars of our debt. So when you want to point fingers at Trump, you want to point fingers at uh, Biden, we have these two old fools that want to be reelected. How about cleaning the slate and bring someone that has a brain that can straighten out because without fiscal security, then you don't have a good fiscal uh, defense. And then this country will be eradicated and we're going to be third, uh, third world country. What do we do? You're the smartest guy that I've ever met. What do oh, we do to straighten sweet, this? I- what do we do to straighten Straighten this out, Anthony.
0: uh, It's not overly complicated, uh, Bo. You'd have to go back to the pay-as-you-go legislation, and you would have to earmark the budget to the revenues coming in, and you'd have to run some deficit spending over the next several years. But, you, you, you know, you could put policies in place to grow the economy. Remember, we never paid back the debt from World War II but it became minuscule because we grew the economy so much. Just think of you or me in a household. Let's say I had $2 million of debt and I'm making a half a million dollars a year. That sounds like a lot. Let's say now I start making $50 million a year. I have $2 million of debt. Well, then I can easily pay it off. And So the American government would have to go back to that pay-as-you-go standard. Now, what the people didn't like at the breakfast that you and I attended I explained that it would take about 10 or 15 years to solve the problem. Everybody's looking for a quick fix, a quick fix solution. Everybody wants something painless. But, Bo, unfortunately, as you know, whether it's your own fiscal house, your business, uh, you have to have a level of fiscal discipline and a little bit of a tighter belt. Now, if we do that, um, this is a very prosperous country, very dynamic, Lots of innovation, lots of technology coming. We can grow our way out of the deficit spending, but we have to put those guardrails in place. You know the amount of money that's been spent, the fifteen trillion dollars over six and a half years, is astounding and and by the way, Bo, you know this, a lot of it is very wasteful. You know we don't audit the Federal Reserve. we have no audit to speak of of the Department of Defense. We have no idea. Uh, what's going on in terms of Medicare. And, of course, we have tons of Medicare fraud out there mm. that the Department of Justice is always going after. And so, so to me, there's lots of things that we can do. Um, and if we start doing that, it'll actually restore confidence in the U.S. and bring in interest rates down, which creates that virtual cycle. Lower interest rates means lower interest rate payments for the debt, etc
1: You know, Anthony, and and, and it doesn't help with the advent of the open borders, the influx of maybe seven. Eight million uh, illegals coming through our border that now are infested into our country that we're paying. I had just heard the other day from my friend uh, Tony Argento. He runs all the uh he runs all the studios in New York. He's got about 80 studios, very, very f- fine business guy, loves this country, loves uh, New York City. Yeah. And he was he was he was mentioning it to me that you know he sees the demise here. And the reality is we 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 have to band together and realize what we're facing right now. It'll be total destruction of our country.
0: Well, listen, you know we're we're in agreement. I'm going to say something controversial. This will probably get me hung up on 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 the Sid Radio Show. But we had good policies. You know, we had a good neighbor policy. Franklin Roosevelt put it in place in the 1930s, and he made a decision to invest money in Latin America. So you pick the countries where these people are coming from. They're primarily leaving they have no economic opportunity in those countries, or the government is frankly a kleptocracy where it's stealing money uh, from the people. And and bo, these people are desperate. They're going eight, nine hundred miles, right? And uh, with and, their and, kids, yeah.
1: and also, Anthony, right? to, be, to I'm sorry, to cut you up, but listen, I I hear over the Roosevelt Hotel and all these places over New York. I mean, it's costing like ten million dollars a week. But hold on, they're co- communicating with their relatives down in Central America, saying, "We got a hotel room here. We got a phone, free food. Why wouldn't you come?" You're eating grass down here in Central America. Why wouldn't you come until that stops? And what what do you think just on that alone with these? And I'll I'll estimate. I'll go as high as 10 million illegals in this country. What can that estimate be of people being paid for all the services, lodging and everything? You're you're talking about maybe hundreds of billions of dollars. Am I correct? Well, yes. But remember, some of
0: them will eventually get good jobs and they'll start. Paying taxes into the system, Hopefully. but you are correct. But the but the way to stop it, Bo, is is a, is a combination of things. Obviously, a tighter border. But if we invested more money with USAID, US aid in those regions, yeah, feed like them over there. The, yeah, I'd rather exactly. send money. I, I'd rather. It's a lot cheaper, Bo. If I cheaper to feed them over there, well, than to feed them at the Roosevelt Hotel. Well, if
1: I was uh, Bo Diddl, the president, and you'd be my vice president, or vice versa, I would have a meeting with all the Central American countries, including Mexico, and I would put together a a relief program for them, for the people who need money down there, and send it right back down there. Don't bring them here, and that let's would stop
0: let, the flood of immigrants, Bo. You see, so what you're saying would be about eight to nine cents on the dollar of what we're spending wow. at the border or the Roosevelt hotel, you know, but you know, the, the, the problem is a lot of people don't like that because, Oh, we're giving aid to people. <laughs> we have so much problems here in the United States. Well, you have to understand whether you like it or not, you're still the largest economy in the world and a result of which the world is leaning still on the United States. And we have to take an integrative approach. I would rather, you know, somebody once said to me, well, why are we giving the aid to Pakistan? I said, okay. Well, and we're we're paying them to allow us to keep track of their new. Yeah, you don't want their you don't want one of their nukes, Bo, going on to Al Qaeda eBay, yeah. and then having it detonated in a place like Chicago. That's a fifty to two hundred trillion dollar problem, mm. as opposed to paying a couple billion dollars. Of insurance money to keep track of the absolutely before they go off
1: absolutely and think? even when we deal e- even stuff, when we even when we're dealing with the Iranian fools and even you know I mean as far as Afghanistan we all, all agree on. The, the ridiculous pull out there and leaving that one air base there that we could have controlled. And I mean, there's been so many wrong moves, but all I am, I'm around. I'm a grandfather. I just, I'm 72 years old, Anthony, and I go to sleep with depression. I wake up on all these issues, and even the crime issues, when you don't want to fund the police, when you got a bunch of city council people, and I'm coming with a whole initiative to change the city charter uh, as far as with the city council. They knock funding the police. All they want to do is give stuff away for free. No one's realizing who's paying for it. And we're taking away from good things to pay just free money to everybody. And in reality, this is what's going on across the countrywide. When you got people in, in department stores taking racks of clothes, 50 people looting a whole Nostrums walking out of there. And I've been directed, even my security company tell your security guards, don't stop them. Don't stop them. So you're just telling me now crime is legal, legal in this country.
0: Well, I mean, they've destroyed San Francisco, Bo. You can't even walk on the streets there anymore. Um, I guess that city council thinks that they didn't get the communism perfectly. Maybe there's a pure, better form of communism. Ultimately, these types of policies don't work. You know, the giuliani Bloomberg policies, they work. Maybe they need to be more racially sensitive about those policies. But you you know this, Bo, because you've been in crime enforcement and security your whole life. Uh, You got six, seven thousand people terrorizing the other seven or eight million people. You know, we know who the criminals are. They're pros. Uh, They hide under the cloak of their being racially disadvantaged and all that other stuff. But it's just nonsense. There are good actors and there are bad actors and we know who they are. And if you give the uh, police force the tools to go after the bad actors and suppress their behavior, the quality of life changes. You'll feel comfortable with your grandkids on the subway well, again. No, right. Uh, and right now, none of us feel comfortable.
1: Anthony, right now, I love this city. I'm 72. I can move to Florida tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, I got my grandchildren here. I got my children. My son was run over by one of those illegal motorcycles. Uh, Richie, my son, and his ACL got bruised and all. That. I mean, it's open and it's anarchy, craziness. So I, ca- I, I talked to some attorneys that gave me some. I said, what can we do to stop this insanity? Because the uh, the mayor I had dinner with last week, Tuesday night, and he tells me that he's being cock-blocked by the city council, everything he wants to do. So I looked into it, and I'm not a smart guy, but there's a city – charter reform committee that could be put in place can't be for this year you need four months to put it on the open ballot and here's what I'm doing I want you to join on board with me Anthony I'm getting all the real estate guys all the guys from SL Green for NATO mm-hmm. all of them related everybody and including all our billionaire families in New York City and the, the ones that are really dying on, look at these REITs like you have SL Green and went from $160 down to $16 whatever it is the reach stock pricing because of why because of the crime problem. People moving out. So there's a city charter reform committee that can be put together by this mayor. And I'm going to hold him to it because I'm going to have a meeting with him with all these billionaires that are giving him money and all that and say, we want to reform. And part of that reform, you know what it is? We could show the reasons why we want to abolish the city council and we want to set up another good government, law enforcement, uh, law and order, and another government in New York. We could actually take the city council out. They will be put on a ballot the great part would be, it'd be put on the ballot in 2024, the presidential election year, so I have a lot of voters, not just the commies voting. Everybody will be there, and by then, everybody will say, at this is the only avenue to save New York City, and this could be a, an example across this country of how you could straighten out this thing, because if we don't straighten this thing out, and we don't get rid of the City Council of commies and people that just want to give things away with no brain, even Eric Adams said to me, there is not one of them that has a brain, about about fiscal uh, budgets and all that. All they are is, a, yeah, we want to do this. We want to take this away from the cops. If we don't do this, and I want you to join on board with this thing, I'm going to start talking about it more and more, Anthony. And I know you love this city.
0: Happy happy to do it. I'm not, Here's the thing about you and me, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to Florida. I'm not moving to Nashville. I love New York. I spent my whole life here in New York. My parents are here. I'm not leaving. So I would like to be part of this. And you know what?
1: I'm going to be meeting with the Tishers. I know them all. And all these billionaires, because right now, these billionaire reed owners that own all the stock, they don't realize something. <laughs> right now, if you want to leave money to your grandchildren and your children, at this rate, you're going to leave them Bacchus. Bacchus. So I'm meeting with John Katz and Matitas after I do this show. I want to get John on board. And then I want to put mm-hmm. this group together. And here's my idea. And again, you, you, you. I want you on board with me. Here's what we'll do. We'll get, People to start putting money into it. Part of our program would be full advertising on TV, New York One on TV, radio, everywhere we can to let people know what we want to do. And there's one thing that the people could do: come out on in November uh, 24 and vote the city council of commies out of there. If we don't, we cannot do anything. The mayor says to me, he can't do anything with this city council. What do you do when you got cancer? You cut it out, and we got to cut this city council out. And if he not doesn't go along with this, our mayor doesn't go along with this, then you don't want to know something. This will be your first and the last term for him what do you think
0: the governor is on all this stuff, though?
1: Snaggletooth, you want to know? So she has nothing to do with the city council. Let's take one thing at a time. Let's take the city and try, because we love New York City. You love it. Your daughter was on Broadway, Magnificent Singer. We love, I live and breathe. We love rails. We love New York City. We can't let New York City decay and go into the toilet bowl. We'll take over New York City, and then we'll grab Snaggletooth, the governor, and say, find your ball bag and start going after the state, state senate and state assembly. We must take it back, Anthony. Otherwise, it's all over for us. We could run to to Palm Beach, Anthony, get a nice house down there and hide. I don't want to hide. I want to fight. And I need you to fight with me, Anthony. We're winding down. But I'm, let me tell you I'm, something. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm ready to fight.
0: We're not winding down. Our best years are ahead of us. I'm going to get Sid, I'm going to
1: get you and Sid to make friends because we're going to have one thing important. We're going to band together for one reason. Sid believes in what I believe in. And take everything else off the table. I don't want to fight back and forth about who's better. Right now you got uh, Biden and Trump, both of them, uh, just put 15 Trillion dollars more on our debit. Me, they're both it, not good. We need something new. You know, I like I like that Manchin guy. What, nobody ever talks about Manchin anymore. Yeah, Joe's a great guy. And he's a moderate guy.
0: I, I, yeah, he's a moderate guy. He's got common sense. He knows...
1: I I, I, know, I know how 20. Sid feels about this, about this process. And I'm going to let you, and I want to hear from you. Uh, what is your real, I know you don't like Trump and all that bull crap. And you know what? I told him to his face when he didn't want to talk about McCain. I said, you should say you're sorry. He's a narcissist and all that. Right now, the problem right now is we have to get somebody that's going to be Electable, and somebody's 100%. going to take this out. And as far, as far as all the rhetoric, but here's one thing I have to ask you about. What is your feelings about utilizing this moron attorney general to, to use political things? And you've seen these cases. These cases are so, I'm laughing at some of these cases that they're putting together. Anything and everything is wide open. And if he gets tried in Washington, D.C., he's going to be convicted. We know what the jury makeup is going to be. My problem is you as a human being, Anthony, If they came after you and they started to uh, uh, go after you because of your political beliefs, whether you were still with Trump or not, to me, this is the most terrifying thing. It could be me or you next. How they could use the FBI, how they could use the United States Attorney's Office for political gain. To me, that is our freedom being taken away. What's your feeling specifically on that, Anthony? I mean, listen,
0: I mean, you know, I read through the indictments, all four different cases. You know, you're not going to probably like this, Sid. But probably hang up on I me mean, you say this. Trump was involved with that insurrection. You know, he's got Meadows and others testifying against him in terms of what he wanted uh, to do.
1: And what about Stacey? And what about Stacey Abrams uh, when that fat okay. uh, when she started talking about okay. oh, I, I won the election? Well, you don't want to know something. Whatever's me, in let his let mind. Let me. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead.
0: Before, let me I'm not going to hang up on you. I love you. do I don't. Yeah. Okay. I don't want the guy going to jail. No, I think it'd be very, very bad for the country. And I'm going to go back to Jerry Ford for a second. Okay, he pardoned Richard Nixon in September of 1974. And Ted Kennedy went crazy on him and said, oh, he had the punishment. He had to go to jail. Mm. But 35 years later, before Ted Kennedy died, he said, you know, with hindsight and reflection, Jerry Ford was right if we put Richard Nixon in jail you're setting up a banana republic where Mm -hmm. these guys are going to build jail cells for their political adversaries.
1: Absolutely, and that's what's happening. I don't
0: want that. And that's what's happening. Whatever Trump did or didn't do, okay, we know there's corruption on both sides. Mm -hmm. Okay, we know that if we start shooting at each other like that, it's a circular firing squad and -hmm. everybody's going to get hurt and it's going to cheapen the prestige of the country. Bo, you were around in the 80s. Okay, you 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 know, you got pictures of yourself in Reos with George Herbert Walker Bush, a World War Two veteran and a very good president, Ronald Reagan. Okay. Think of the prestige that the United States had thirty five years ago yeah. when Reagan and Bush were president, and think of where we are today. Okay, and I'm saying to you that we need a restoration Absolutely. of that prestige. We Absolutely. need a restoration of that brand. These are not the right people to create that restoration. No, we
1: need I, some, we need some, yeah,
0: whatever Trump did. And again, you know what? I don't like about what Sid says about Trump. He didn't do anything wrong. It's all politically motivated, blah, blah, blah. Sid, That's not a hundred percent true either, but I agree with Sid and I agree with you. I don't want him going to jail. No, I think it sets up a very bad precedent for the United States globally. And it hurts our brand. Did you know, when okay, so, I was, so
1: when I don't want that. Did you know when I was a Fox contributor for 12 years and did you know the post they went after me, they told me about Russian spies, they put my, I'm suing them for liable and slander. I mean, they can't just keep doing the PPP saved my business. I have over almost 600 African-American security guards. If that PPP money didn't come in, I was gone. Then I hear about right. these big real estate guys getting $10 million in this. That saved my life as far as being a businessman. So I was very supportive mm-hmm. of small business is being saved. But also, when I worked for Fox, did you know I was audited by the IRS twice? I was one of the people from Fox. I hate selective enforcement. If I send IRS after you or they come after me again, they're going to find mm-hmm. I don't have receipts next. They want 78,000 IRS agents. Well, you don't have the receipts. You can't count them. I mean, there's got to be some kind of a thing put in place. We can't have political prosecution. And we're going to wind down on that. You, you're I great. See, and I want to get your ass in here and sit with me another time another cuz you you're, you're the most up. interesting guy and i want you on board with me and i love you and send my love to your wife and your beautiful children and everybody uh anthony thank you so much and we're going to end on the Good note on you, i want always. i want you to join on board with this this thing let's try to start uh, in new york city
0: details Paul. i'm in
1: all oh, right, God Anthony. You, and Father, God bless God you and your love. family, Ma, everybody, and send my love to to your wife's lovely mom. Everybody, uh, until next <laughs> week, I thank you, Anthony. You know, this is Bo Deedle's true crime story. It is a crime, what's going on with our taxation, with the economy, inflation, and I ask everybody to please tune in to... Uh, Bo Deedle's True Crime Story. You can get it wherever you get any podcast. And Anthony Scaramucci, you're a wonderful person. You're one of the smartest people I ever met. And thank you so much for being on the show. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me.